Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today I'm joined by Bianca Ismailovsky. How did I go pronouncing that one, Bianca? You got the surname right. The first name is Bianca, but that's Bianca. just because I'm fancy. <laughs> that's it. it yeah. That's not like Bianca. It's not. It's, it's Bianca. Yeah, very fancy gal. Okay, Bianca. Well, thank you for joining us, Bianca. Thank you for having me. Bianca, not Bianca. So Bianca is a comedian. In Mel- you're based in Melbourne mm-hmm. and has been a sober Susan for about two two years, did you say? Yeah, coming up two years next month. Yeah, right. So tell us about, so you're 31 now. Mm-hmm. Tell us about when you first started drinking. Oh, I started drinking way too early, like 14 probably. I think. That's pretty old. Yeah, I, right. Like I'm like, oh, I just... I can never tell. Is that old or is that too young? Um, now that I'm sober, I'm like, that's horrendous. Yeah. But at the time I was like, no, this is totally normal. Uh, yeah, I started drinking around 14 um, and definitely was already, I already had a reputation as being like the drunk girl before I even reached legal drinking age. So mm. it was a bad start and uh, just never got better really yeah mm. why did you start um well because I'm Croatian and Croatian culture I mean like such a classic thing isn't it like it's part of my culture but Croatians really love a drink and I grew up around some really great drinkers you know just it was around me all the time everyone in my family drank and it was such a celebrated and respectable thing to like be able to handle your booze and uh, I kind of just grew up that way so it was sort of just like in my destiny to grow up to be a drinker Mm. and yeah so when you first started drinking did you feel like I'm home or was it a bit like ooh yuck or you know like what did it do for you initially well it's odd isn't it because I think a lot of people drink to be confident but I was already confident. Like I was born on the stage, basically. Like there was no real need for me to drink. I, I was a confident person. Uh, but I think it was just an acceptable thing. And I thought it was fun, you know, like 
also alco pops right I didn't really know the taste of alcohol because <laughs> yeah. I just grew up drinking cruises so I guess like it was just it was just seen as the fun thing to do because every adult and everyone that I saw in my life alcohol was the thing that you did for fun so I started drinking and I thought well this is fun and that's how you really have fun and that just became my life really just I never learned to have fun without alcohol honestly yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And also those, I was talking to someone the other day about those Alcopop drinks. When they started, they were drinking peach cooler, which you probably, it's probably way before your time. It was really just like cordial and mm. it really palatable. And her parents started her drinking the peach cooler, trying to teach her to drink responsibly, but it was actually just giving her the taste and getting her body prepared to become a real booze hound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, those Alcopops were dangerously delicious honestly like way too easy to drink yeah 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 yeah. it's funny when I started I was drinking horrible shit like um, masala and fruitylexia and just disgusting oh god it was you'd have to like block your nose (laughs) (laughs) yeah fruitylexia that's tough I graduated to fruitylexia um probably uh yeah, around 17, 18, I think by that stage, I was like, yeah, I can handle a four liter cask of wine. Give it to me, player. Why? I use the term wine very loosely. Um, but yeah, I, I loved me some fruity Lexia. That was my drink of choice for quite a long time. Yeah, so gross. When did it start to feel like it was becoming a bit of a, a problem? Look, I look back on it now and I'm like, 18 there was a problem like there were people saying that I drank too much when I was 18 and but I took that as like a badge of honor right like it it was kind of like a cool thing like yeah you know I can handle more booze than you and whatever it was never I never thought of it as a problem and I never did right up until the end I still didn't think it was a problem even though there were definitely times that (laughs) I should have realized right like I think the thing is, is that I obviously, I look back on it now and I'm like definitely had a problem. But at the time you just, you have these like goalposts that you consider what to be a problem. So you're like, well, yeah, I don't, I I do drink a lot, but I never drink alone. Right. And so I'm definitely not an alcoholic because alcoholics drink alone and I only drink in social situations. And then, you know, you reach that, I'm saying goal, I mean goalpost really you reach that goalpost where you are drinking alone and then you're like, well, no, but I don't have a problem because I'm not drinking in the morning. So Mm. alcoholics drink in the morning and I don't do that. And then you do have those moments where you drink. And so you're just constantly pushing that goalpost out, uh, just convincing yourself that you don't have a problem. I think the thing that I kept holding on to, to be like, well, I don't have a problem is because, you know, I was like, well, I've, I've always managed to hold down a job and I don't drink every single night of the week. But in retrospect, like that doesn't really mean I don't have a problem because there were, I was having problems in my life because of alcohol and I was just completely ignoring them because I, at some level I was functioning. So, you know, I really thought you had to reach like this certain level for it to be a problem. But I think when you're having days where you're calling in sick for work or, you know, you're choosing to forego tampons because you want to buy that cask of goon or, you know, just like all these issues in my life and just, you know, not being able to pick up my phone the day after drinking or, you know, you know, suicide Tuesday, just like being so down, not being able to face anyone. Those are problems. Those are issues caused by alcohol in my life. But because I wasn't an alcoholic in my mind, I just thought, well, I don't have a drinking problem and just completely ignored it. But mm. yeah, didn't face the actual problems that I was having. Yeah. So were they the kind of problems that were presenting for you or how else was it showing up as a problem for you? Well, it was affecting me in a lot of ways. But at the time, the, the ways that it was coming up was I wasn't, uh, I was definitely like physically obsessed with alcohol. Like my body would crave it all the time. So I would I would manage to get through like three days without it. But then, you know, for the the days that I didn't have work, I was just drinking all the time. But the thing is, is that it was starting to affect my life in that I couldn't, couldn't really show up for my own life, right? Like I couldn't attend things. Um, it started to affect my uh, mental health because, you know, the next day I would just be filled with self-loathing and that then started to affect my career because I didn't want to get on the mic and do a podcast. I didn't want to be seen in public. Uh, 
it was just my bank balance. Um, And it started also to erode my relationships with people because I would say things that I shouldn't say when I was drunk or, you know, I was just like annoying. I was just an annoying person. I couldn't take care of myself. And I think all of my friends probably were just a little bit, you know, like they loved me, but they, and they wouldn't really say anything, but I can, I can see now that they were probably just all a bit worried about me and rightfully so. And to be honest, they should have been sick of me just constantly always drinking. Uh, Mm. It must've been really frustrating for them, but yeah, you know, it's so accepted in Australian society. No one really said anything. Yeah. I often wondered that too. I had some friends with me that would say, Hey, you know, like you're a bit of an asshole last night when you were drinking or, you know, you went a bit far last night or whatever, but it's always, oh, it's okay. I was just drunk or, you know, you'd laugh it off, find this way of laughing it off. Totally. I mean, I, I even had days though, like, like I remember, so my mental health would get really bad. I'd have these crazy hangovers and just the, the shame spiraling that would happen and, uh, how shitty I would feel about myself. I remember, uh months and months and months, probably six months, seven months before I gave up alcohol. I put a post up on my Instagram to my close friends on my story. And I was like, guys, I'm at the end of my rope here. Like, I can't do this again. Like, I can't be this hungover again. I can't feel this way again. I need your help. Please like, don't invite me over for wines or please don't invite me to this bar because they just give me free drinks. And I just never want to feel like this again. Um, which is such a cry for help. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it, it probably shouldn't, you know, expect other people to help or to solve my problems for me. Right. Like I, mm. you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, you can do the work for me, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, at least let people know I was struggling. And it's crazy because people just didn't want to hear that. They're, they're like, oh yeah, it sucks. And we all have those days, but you know, like, what do you get? What's the alternative? Like give up alcohol. That's never going to happen. It's like, just like, forgive yourself, B. It's not that bad. Um, and what I really needed then was like support. Really. That's what I really needed, but no one, everyone's just like, ah, it's fine. You know, <laughs> like, mm. ah, you know, cause no one can actually imagine giving up alcohol. So you kind of just learn to live with it in your life in that way, even though it's a negative way. And I think it's not until it becomes a really dysfunctional thing that's really obvious on the outside. That's usually when people then, it's like everyone quite in, encourages you to keep going and keep doing it. No, you're fine. You don't even have a problem until you get to a point where you're, you know, like really rock bottom. And then people step and go, you really should stop drinking. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you really have to reach that bottom. Uh, and I think as well, though, like in that instance where I was like to my friends, like, please, I don't want to feel this way anymore. That they don't want to um, acknowledge that there's a problem because that could have implications for them. Like if B's got a problem, then what does that mean about them? And so it's just better for everyone if we all just don't talk about the ways that alcohol negatively affects us. Let's just ignore that. Because the thing is, when I came out as sober and I told people how I was feeling, I really thought, I really thought I was the only one that had these terrible hangovers and the shame spiraling and all of this. And when I finally, you know, talked about it, everyone was like, oh yeah, I have that too. Oh yeah, no, alcohol does that to me. And like, you know, oh, I'm massively depressed the next day. And I was like, well, why has no one been talking about that? Why do we talk about how good it is, uh, you know, but the fact that it's only good for like maybe one drink, maybe 20 minutes of good until it just becomes sloppy, messy, blackout, you know, and then just the terrible after effects. Why are we not talking about that? Uh, because, yeah, no one wants to face face it at all. It's interesting too. Like you really made a good point there too. That's like everyone has these negative effects from it or negative side effects Mm. yet we go we kind of make an excuse for it oh well that's just that's just what happens with alcohol yet we keep going for it and that what do you think that is do you think that's just this the cultural kind of conditioning Mm. that we have around it I don't know it's cultural conditioning it's like uh we as a society like there's so much in our pop culture and what we see with our parents growing up like every single person that we see um every movie tv to have a good time 
you have a drink and it just becomes this thing where as an adult, you kind of don't even know how to have fun anymore. Like Mm. you lose that ability to have fun because you just go straight to the bottle. And so you don't really question because you just think like, yeah, it comes all these negative effects. Oh yeah. The hangovers, the vomiting, like blah, 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 all of this. But that's in your mind what you think fun is like that's the price to pay to have fun you never actually imagine until you get sober I guess you never actually imagine that you can just have fun like really the more fun than I ever had drinking I have when I'm sober um you never think that that's possible so you just think it is the price to pay you're just like yeah well this is what fun is as an adult I guess like we have a few drinks because that's the number one thing that people ask me you know like well how do you have fun and I'm like what are you talking about I have fun any time of the day all the time right like because before when I was a drinker I my fun times were excluded just to drinking like it was only when I was drinking that I was like well this is fun Everything outside of that, I would consider quite dull because there was no alcohol involved. Uh, whereas mm. now there is just the opportunity for fun anytime, any, anywhere. It's just constantly around me. Um, mm. But you just don't see it that way when you're drinking. Yeah. And in, in terms of having fun, um, for you, what does fun look like these days without alcohol? Oh, I mean, I just, I do so much. I, I think that Thing that I mean I do pole dancing which is something that I've taken up since I got sober I play netball with a group of girlfriends um, I go for really long walks just being in the sun socializing catching up with like I've made so many friends since I've gotten sober uh, because I can see people during the day back in the day like if people if someone was like oh we should catch up it would have to be for a drink because otherwise what's the point in seeing someone but now I can be like yep coffee in the morning and then maybe I'll go have lunch with someone and I just fill my day with so much stuff it's actually kind of exhausting if I'm being honest <laughs> but, but yeah I just have fun all the time you know like there's just so much to be had there's so much fun to be had out there and I can't believe I was limiting myself to just fun that was had from a bottle it's crazy I know it's it's real it's like it's authentic it's authentic Mm. fun Mm -hmm. authenticity is fun yeah 100% like when I was wanting to stop drinking because I didn't think I had a problem until it was you know laid out for me and then I kind of was like oh well I could stop drinking. It's not a problem for me. So I did what everyone does, which is, you know, try to moderate because God forbid I should actually quit alcohol. So I was like trying to moderate for a really long time. And um, it was during that moderation period that I really started to take note of um, times in my life that I would have fun without drinking. And there was like two instances that I hung out with some of my girlfriends um, who I never would see sober. And on each instance, there was no alcohol involved and I had way more fun in those times sober. And because I was, you know, really trying to figure out how I could have alcohol in my life still. And I was really like making a conscious effort to note it's, it's place in my life. Um, I would walk away from those moments just being like, Oh my God, like that was true authentic fun that I just had then, which I have not had in such a long time. Cause it's always been, um, washed washed in with alcohol uh and that was that was one of the things that really made me want to stop because it was actually more fun like genuine authentic fun is just so much better than than anything that alcohol ever gave me yeah and we don't realize too we think we're kind of having fun but once we're in that haze of alcohol and we're kind of become detached from ourselves which is really what happens when we drink we're like we think we're having fun but really are we you know like it's that what and what is the fun it's like you know what (laughs) dancing and singing which is great but you could guess what you can dance and sing without being smashed and you actually sound better you sound better and you look much better that's for sure exactly yes 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 um yeah I love that and so with moderating how did that look to you I I know myself particularly around your age when I was around 30 31 I did the spritzes that's why I've just you know pour some wine in with the soda water and Mm. you know and then I, I remember the first time I realized I'd drunk two bottles of wine 
as a spritzer and I had the most fucking vulgar headache mm. um you know so and oh, I was yeah. just you know end up just as smashed anyway I still remember I still woke up the next day not remembering going to bed yeah a hundred percent I was doing the spritzer thing for years because mm-hmm. um and this is this is how messed up my thinking was because I used to like to start drinking earlier in the day like you know 11 but I wanted to keep going all day and I just couldn't get there if I was drinking whole glasses of wine. So I would water it down with some ice blocks and some water, which I thought was like so intuitive. Um, <laughs> just just so, like not for moderating sake, but just so I wouldn't get too drunk too quickly. Um, and, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, I would 100% finish a goon cask in a day and be like, okay, so, you know, at least I got through the day, but I'd still be smashed. I mean, it was such a stupid idea um but that was my thing right just so Mm. I could like you know get more bang for my buck I guess um moderating for me well what happened was I was uh I was diagnosed with cirrhotic arthritis and I was put on uh medication that could really damage your liver so you're not allowed to drink well you're allowed to have like you know two two standard drinks but no more than two and no more than like twice a week. So for me, that was like, you know, my life was over. The doctor told me that and I was crying about it. You know, my life, how am I going to live? Um, and um, my husband at the time said to me, my ex-husband now, uh, my husband had said to me, you know, I'm actually quite relieved that you've been put on this medication because your alcohol has affected me in the following, in the following ways. Right. And I was like, Oh, news to me that it had affected him. I didn't know. So hearing and seeing him upset about my drinking, um, I was then pretty happy that I was on the meds. Cause I was like, okay, well, I don't want to damage, you know, our relationship and I don't want to hurt you. So like, I'm going to stop drinking and thank God I'm on these meds. And so I was on the meds and yeah, I was still drinking, but I was really careful about it because I did not want cirrhosis of the liver. And so I would, you know, go to a bar with my friends. I'd have two drinks and then I would go home and be tucked up in bed by nine o'clock and everything was great. Because the thing is with moderation, it is so great when it works. Yeah. But (laughs) it doesn't always work because alcohol is an addictive substance and it, you know, gets away from you. So what had happened was for a few months, I was doing that with the meds. But then the meds made me really, really sick and I um, had to stop them. And it was a little bit panicky for me because I thought, oh, God, like, you know, without the meds, am I still going to stick to this, you know, moderating thing? And I really did think I would because I really did enjoy not drinking as much. Like I liked just being tipsy and not drunk. You know, we all say that. I just like to have a couple, just take the edge off. I don't want to be sloppy drunk anymore. Uh, so I was, I was pretty confident at that point that I would actually just stick to the couple beers and, you know, go home by nine o'clock still. Um, but that, that didn't happen. I mean, it did happen sometimes. It did work sometimes like it does in moderation, but then there'd be some nights where the night would get away from me. And those were the nights that really kicked me in the guts. Like it was bad having those nights before, but when you've gone out trying not to do that and then, you know, you wake up and you've wet the bed and you don't know how you got home and you just like, it was so difficult to deal with and Mm. it really started to affect me. Um, Yeah. It just became very evident to me that like, you know, moderation wasn't going to work because I, I just remember the last, the last time I drank was like a night where I didn't, I did not want to drink. I was having a really good day, not drinking and then my friends were like, let's go to the pub. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't really want to go, but it's the done thing. Okay, I'll go. And like, I'm sitting there drinking a beer and I was looking at the beer and I was like, I don't even want this. Like, I don't even want to be doing this. I don't want this beer, but I'll just have this one beer and then I'll go and it'll be fine. And then I, I don't remember getting home. I don't, I just remember the next thing I know, I've like woken up in, in my bed the next day and you know, I've smoked a whole deck of ciggies and I've spent all my money and uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know how I got home. And I just was like, that's it. Like, how did, how did I let this happen when I didn't even want to be there in the first place? Like that it has mm. to stop. And so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't touched alcohol since, but um, 
yeah moderating was moderating was substantially harder than not moderating to be honest that's I've found that too and as soon as we made the decision and to take the 12 months off my husband and I and a group of friends it was like so freeing just going now I don't have to fucking moderate anymore (laughs) you know now I don't have to think about or just think you know how many have I had or watch the clock and all the different things that I'd I used to try and have one every hour or, you know, the spritzes or vodka, lime and soda, you know, everything, 100%. eat with it. Only 100%. have wine with food, no wine any other time because wine made me to decide is- like what day will be my drinking day, right? Yeah. Like it just, it's so much easier without it, right? Like oh, it's so much better. And the other thing is like, just going back to what you said before, I remember so many times thinking I'm just going to have a couple, like this catch up is just going to be a couple. And what the hell happens? Like, I don't know. And the next thing I've woken up in bed, like in my bed the next day, don't remember how I got there. Fucking hell. Looking through my phone, you know, all the stuff that you do, like, who did I call? What the fuck did I do? Yeah, exactly. How did that even happen from like, I'm just going to have two drinks to this complete blowout. And it's horrible. I mean, when you think about it, like, you know, when you're stone cold sober, right? Like on the day you're, you're, you're sober and you're like, ah, I don't even want to drink that much, but I'll just have two, right? Like that's your mentality going into it while you're sober. You have a couple of drinks, your inhibitions are lowered. You can't make good decisions. So two drinks in, already your defenses were weak from the get-go when you're sober. You've got no fucking chance once you've had a wine or two. And then, yeah, those those nights just literally dissipate. Like, and my memory, because I've been drinking from such a young age and so hard, um, my memory was just like after two or three drinks, there were already gaps in the night. And so Mm. if I had four or more, that was it. Like I genuinely have no memory. I just don't know. I, I basically like don't remember my twenties. Like there's just so much of it that I've genuinely missed because I wasn't actually there for it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. It's so scary, isn't it? Those blackouts are so fucking scary. And then I remember like I'd Google about blackouts and what they are. And I think too, I quit smoking um, when my first daughter, when I got pregnant with my first daughter, Sunny, and the blackouts seemed to get worse. And I did hear that when you quit drinking, when you quit smoking, you drink a lot faster because you don't have that, you know. Yeah. And, but I remember I'd look up all about blackouts and trying to figure out what was actually going on and how much damage was it doing to my brain, which it was. They're just horrible, just so horrible. Crazy. It's, uh, yeah, it's, just, oh, where did that time go? It's just gone into the ether, like, goodbye. Okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Did you get onto, I know with, with us, we started to take cocaine because it was like, that helps you sober up a bit. And then that becomes a problem. Did yes. you get into that? Oh, like okay so I had actually had a cocaine problem um but like just probably before before that so like I did have some issues with cocaine and then like I stopped doing it and for the most part I was really good but like if I had say a day drinking event like someone's hen's day or whatever and we're going to be drinking for all hours of the day it was like well we're gonna have to get a bag of coke because we've got to be able to last all day just like (laughs) what you just could you just not drink as much maybe or like you know maybe don't start later in the day but no like we've got to be able to do it so like yeah let's get the coke and like I mean I I cannot afford cocaine no it's not it is no it's not for me yeah um so yeah no yeah that was a thing as well isn't it ridiculous we want other substances Uh like coke to slow down the effects of alcohol so Mm. that we can drink more even though we know it feels like shit. Oh, it's just so crazy. It's just this crazy loop. Isn't it bizarre? It really is. The drunk version of me, you know, just couldn't say no. So much so that like I would not go to parties if I knew there was going to be a lot of cocaine at a party. Um, I would have to make the decision not to attend while I was sober. Like the day before I'd be like, guys, I can't come tomorrow because I know that when I attend and I have a few drinks and that prefrontal cortex of mine, I will not be able to say no. So I just wouldn't go, which is just, you know, crazy. Yeah. It's so sad, isn't it? What we miss out on in so many ways. Mm. And yet we think we're, you know, showing up or doing the best for ourselves, but really we're just not showing up on so exactly. many levels. Yeah. And, but not, not showing up totally is the thing that, I think is not spoken about enough about like, like, so drinking for me, my hangovers were so bad that like, I would have to plan my weekends around 
my my hangovers basically so I would pick like one night of the week to do things so if there was a party on a Friday night but I had plans on a Saturday I could not go to the Friday party because mm. I couldn't go and not drink uh, what would happen is I would go I would get too drunk and then the next day I'd be too hungover for Saturday so I would have to like just pick uh, you know, the things that I wanted to do, which meant that I just couldn't show up to things. You know, like people say all the time, oh, but you know, your social life, you need alcohol for your social life. And I'm like, no, I get to do, I get to have my cake and eat it too. I can go to every single event through the weekend uh, and get like a full eight hours sleep. Like I'm showing up for everything. I'm driving there myself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm getting there because I couldn't show up before because I was either too drunk or too hungover. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Good on you. It's just, yeah, you're so right. Yes, showing up for everything in every way. Mm-hmm. amazing so tell me about um okay so you've woken up you've gone this is like this yeah. is it I've had enough no more moderating mm-hmm. we're done what do like tell walk us through that like how what did steps. that yeah yeah so uh what happened was I months earlier had seen a book called how to control alcohol by Annie Grace right and I couldn't afford the book at the time because I'd gone out the night before and I'd drunk too much so I just took a photo of it uh and because I didn't really know what the book was about it just said how to control alcohol I thought in my head oh that's great this is going to give me the tools to have just the two and stop right like this is Mm. great I'm going to get this book and um the day after that that day that I woke up that morning I was I felt so shitty about myself and uh I was like, that's it. I'm getting that book. I'm downloading it to my Kindle right now as we speak. I'm getting the book. And I started reading the book, but it's one of those like take 30 days um, off alcohol and, you know, read a chapter a day. Now, I couldn't commit to that at the time. I was like, no, I could not possibly. I've got all these events coming up. You know, I've got this going on, this going on. There's no way I can take 30 days off. But I thought I'll just cheat and just start reading it anyway. At least it'll give me some help, right? Um, and then I also downloaded this naked mind, which is by her. And I consumed both books within two days because I just, I was like, no, I've got to just read these books. And, um, yeah, that, that was it. Literally, that was it. It was like something clicked in my mind, just the, the way that her books made it easy for me. Like I thought control alcohol meant, you know, yeah, control having two, but, she gave me the power to just not just to take control of your life and not want the alcohol at all. And yeah, I was, I felt so empowered and I just, it just changed everything in my mind. I've not had, I've not even had the desire to touch alcohol since it really, really changed my life. Wow. That's amazing. So no triggers. You don't feel, you've never felt triggered. I've, I've never felt triggered. I was, I've only, Probably the the only time I felt triggered was a few months ago. So maybe like November, December. And that was purely like, and it was very slight. So basically like when I got sober, my biggest thing was like not being able to socialize. That was kind mm. of my thing because I was mm. the social butterfly and I thought everyone knows me as this fun party girl. Fun, not at all. Okay. Like I say now that she wasn't a fun girl. She was just a party girl. She was a train wreck. Um, she was a train wreck. Exactly. And so 
for me, that was my biggest thing. Like, you know, will I be able to socialize? And so I didn't tell anyone that I was sober. I was just going to parties with non-alcoholic beers in my hand with a stubby holder so no one could see what I was drinking and just, you know, uh, with the pre pretending like I was drinking, I guess. Like, well, not, I never lied to anyone. I never said, no, this is vodka or whatever. No one actually asked. They just assumed it was um, alcoholic. But I just wanted to learn how to do the socializing thing myself and um, without the pressure of everyone looking at me being like, oh, is she sober now? Is she as, is she as fun or whatever? Mm. So um, that was my biggest thing. And once I got through, I went to a party like three days after I read the book. And when I got home from that party, I was like, well, that's it. Like I've just managed to go to a party. This is fine. So that was really the only thing I thought would trigger me was like going to a social event and seeing other people having fun and drinking and me not being able to, I always thought that would be my trigger. And it just never happened because I literally just saw them drinking and I thought, oh, you poor souls. Oh God. Mm. You know, like I just, I felt more pity, I think than anything mm. uh, <laughs> from my high horse. Like <laughs> I've been sober for two days. I pity you guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it wasn't until, yeah, about November last year when everyone was coming out of lockdown because Melbourne had a really long lockdown. And um, it honestly, seeing people drink had never been an issue. But I had a new boyfriend and he was a bit tipsy and I just sort of was like, oh, it really sucks that I will never get to have that tipsiness with him. Like I, I would love to just have like a drunk day with him I guess was kind of the only time but then I but then I thought immediately girl no you do no you fucking don't because like you look terrible when you drink you don't want him to see you like that like like, do not compromise your hotness just for a little bit of you know drunken fun and yeah but that was the only time (laughs) you know it was the only time that like I really and I thought, oh shit, like that, that was a trigger. Um, but yeah, mm. I always just think of how, how dumb I sound, how stupid I become, like my dumb face when I drink. I just think of that and I think, oh God, no, like there is no drink in the world that is worth, you know, dulling my sparkle. No, thank you. So yeah. <laughs> I will not compromise my hotness. I love 100%. that. 100%. I will never compromise my hotness. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have we got that? Everyone listening out yeah. there? <laughs> This is what you'll say to yourself this weekend. 100%. I will not compromise my hotness. Uh, exactly. Because <laughs> I didn't look, I never looked at videos. Like, because I got sober and I was like, well, that's it. I'm sober now. I never looked at videos of myself drunk because I was just like, well, that's the part. That's in the past now. Uh, and I only looked like maybe oh, a year and like well over a year into my sobriety, I looked at videos and I was mortified. I could not believe how how bad I looked sober uh, looked drunk and then I would look at my sober self and just be like oh holy shit you are so smoking hot now like it's crazy how much better you look now that I'm just like oh god it's not worth it it's just yeah. not worth it yeah absolutely that's fantastic so I'm really stoked that you didn't have you know like full-on triggers and that's great I think probably being a naturally confident person anyway that helps and I wonder too you know how you said you were super annoying when you're drunk mm. you know how drunkness just kind of exacerbates parts of your personality I think maybe because you're already quite confident you must have been like super confident and super annoying so super annoying (laughs) yeah like I I do feel I mean it's hard because yes I'm confident oh it's difficult it is difficult I I am confident in like yeah I can get on stage and like I I guess I can do things that some people would be mortified doing, like getting up on stage and doing stand-up comedy. I totally get that people would be like, oh, I would rather die. And I get that. Mm, um, mm. And even, and despite me being confident, alcohol really did rob me of a lot of my confidence because I started mm. to think that I couldn't socialize without alcohol. Like, yeah. you know, I really thought that I needed alcohol for so much. And so for me, even for me, a confident person going to those parties um, sober for the first time and you know realizing that I'm a fun person without alcohol and really realizing that I'm actually even funnier without it was more of a confidence boost than alcohol ever gave me and it's hard mm. because I do try to explain this to people because they think oh but you're just confident and so 
you know, like I need alcohol because I have social anxiety, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But like one alcohol gave me social anxiety because I relied on it so much that if I didn't have it, I would automatically Mm. be awkward without it. Mm. But also like, I'm aware of what I'm doing and saying when I'm sober, you will gain so much, like just a few times of doing it sober, the Mm. confidence you will get of being able to do anything you can. Mm. Um, Cause, cause it's true. Like real confidence comes from being sure of who you are and being sure in yourself and your capabilities. I don't think I had that when I was drinking, right? Mm. Like I really didn't. And to have it now and, and know that I could go into any situation, I can walk up to a stranger. Now I can just be this actual genuine confident person. That is something that I had to learn. And that's something that sobriety gave me. Yeah, absolutely. So when you, when you removed the label of Bianca, the drinker, Bianca, Mm. the party girl, and Mm. you created the new label, Mm-hmm. you as a sober person yeah how did that sit with the people around you yeah I think everyone was just very surprised they didn't uh I don't think anyone thought it was gonna last right mm-hmm. so you know like that's why I didn't want to tell anyone because I was such a party girl that I thought if I go to a party and I say guys I'm sober I've given up drinking and it's only been two days they're going to be like, oh, sure you are, B, and like here, have a drink and, you know, just want to keep me on the drinking cycle. Uh, so I just didn't tell anyone and went to all the parties and did everything with everyone um, so that by the time I did say, hey, guys, I'm sober and it's been three months, there was one time. So I'd proven like, yeah, this is a serious thing because I've been sober for three months and you didn't even know, but also that I'm just exactly the same because they didn't even notice people were like wait but wait at this party were you sober at that party I'm like yeah girl I was sober at that party too so yeah I think uh I think everyone was kind of a bit surprised a bit shocked very proud of me um but there was definitely some teething pains for sure because it's uncomfortable because when you're a drinker you surround yourself with other drinkers because you Mm. want you know you want to be the leaf that hides in the forest you don't want to hang out with other sober people because like you don't want to hang out with sober people at all because that would make you feel bad about your drinking so you hang out with other drinkers and I did lose some friends for sure because you kind of also just realize that like hey I don't we're not even friends we we just hang out to drink so yeah there was that but for the most part everyone was so supportive and I was just so excited like I was just so excited to be sober that I think Mm. everyone was just like sitting back and like just watching me go because for the first time in my life like I felt I just felt invincible like I was just this the happiest I've ever been in my life just so happy and so Mm. excited about everything it was yeah I, I think some people were a little bit uh upset because yeah we stopped being friends but most people were just so happy I think you also hit the nail on the head too there twice actually um where you said that you felt sorry for people that were drinking and I remember when I first read Alan Carr's only way to quit smoking I don't know if you've read that yeah Yeah. you know in that how he says about looking at people who are smoking and and feel that like feel like oh no yeah yeah poor them they Mm. they have to smoke and so that you're not seeing yourself you're seeing yourself as, wow, I'm so free of that. And it's changing mm. that mindset. So that's a great tool. Yeah. I think even if you are two days in, even if you're one day in just to look at people that are drinking and it's not about judging other people, but it's mm-hmm. about lo- watching them drink and say, look at them putting all that poison down that their, yeah. their body or I feel, you know, like, oh, look at that poor person having to drink. They're still shackled by that. And that's fine to say that early on in your mind. hundred percent. And then also when you just said then about feeling so excited about it I think that is key so you're not seeing yourself as oh poor me I'm missing out on something no no you saw it as I'm so excited I'm pumped on life right now Mm -hmm. that's Uh, the key I yeah it's that mindset isn't it because I used to go out being like like literally like not wanting to drink but feeling I didn't have a choice right Mm -hmm. and just changing it to oh how great I don't have to drink tonight Like that was just the most freeing thing to me because like, I think up until that point, like I, I simultaneously hated drinking, but I was so dependent on it 
that to be able to just be like, oh, actually, oh, wait, I don't have to do this. You mean like I can have fun and like live my life and still have a social life and I can still go to a bar and I don't have to drink. Like you're telling me that I, that was it. That sold me. I was just like, oh my God. Like I didn't, I didn't know that the two could coexist. I kind of thought you were either boring and sober or drunk and fun. And so when you're drunk and it's no longer fun, the only alternative to you is like sober and boring. So you're just like, okay, I'll just stick with the drunk side though, even though I hate it. Cause like, you know, sobriety is just so boring and I can't be like that, but no, oh my God, like sobriety is fun. And um, yeah, when I figured that out, that was, that was it. It was just a turning point. Like, oh, I don't have to do it. You know, I don't have to drink. Amazing for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a gift, isn't it? It's such a gift. And it really is. Yeah, I think you will have inspired a whole lot of people. With your comedy show, just want, have you got any shows coming up that we can plug here on the podcast? Oh, I mean, I would love to. I mean, I have one. Uh, I do have one next week, but I'm not going to say it because I genuinely think that we're going to go into lockdown. But um, yeah, it, people can just follow me on Instagram and I will put up shows there um and yeah we just did the comedy festival which was really fun and um and also you know like thank god I'm not drinking right as a comedian because the 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 industry is just it's it was the comedy festival was exhausting I think I did 12 or 13 shows in total like every night Mm. just constantly on stage and um I was so tired and that was like completely a sober person right like if I had been doing it like two years earlier I did the comedy festival I did one show and I was sick for a week and that's because I partied so hard after that one show um, so like thank god uh I don't drink anymore because it's just it's rife that uh, the entertainment industry is rife with drinking um mm. but yeah uh I will plug shows on my Instagram if and when they come up which they will at some point but yeah considering you're about to go into lockdown I assume I don't want to I'll probably don't jinx it. Don't yeah, jinx exactly. it. I'm fine to Melbourne tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put links in the show notes to your Instagram, but it's just um, at Bianca Ismailovsky. Bianca? Ismailovsky, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, not at all. Um, but I'll also put links to that in the, the, um, the show notes on this. And just back to what you said too uh, about the performing, you know, I get that we're in the music industry. My husband's a musician. He's got 100 shows booked in. Now, and the, th- the thought of doing that before um, when he was drinking, it was just like he had to drink to get through 100 shows, right? Yeah. And because he gets so smashed at one show, you've got to get up the ne- and then you've got to have the hair of the dog to get through the next show. Yeah. And so it goes. And then whilst you're travelling between shows, you know, the airport lounges and whatnot, you're drinking, drinking, and it just doesn't stop. And then your riders that you get all booze. You know, it's just constant. But now he says, you know, he feels his tiredness and so yeah. he rests, you know, yeah. and he'll have a, you know, rather than smash 10 beers yeah. before a show, he'll go and have a 10-minute sleep or he'll meditate or do yeah. whatever he needs to do to get through. And you feel in your body what your body needs. And and you're not, it. it's crazy that, like, to get to do what you love, you want to do it the be- to the best of your ability, right? Yeah. Like when you're getting on stage, you want to do, like, the best show you want to give your audience the best show and you want to feel good about yourself I remember like being hung over doing a show and just being like like angry that I had to do it for one like I was like oh for fuck's sake I can't get up on stage and do this and then also you know not just not being at the best of my ability like having this brain fog and it's like I'm so lucky I get to like live out my dream and here I am due to alcohol like cursing the fact I have to do this today like it's just you know at least with sobriety I'm like I'm getting on stage and I'm always giving my 100% I mean maybe not my 100% okay like I do have my off days but you know like 100% of what I can give that day and um yeah I would never want alcohol to compromise that yeah yeah I know Ash pretty much as soon as he quit like he was so nervous at first about playing shows and touring without drinking but as soon as he got up and played like he's just the show and the way he connected to the audience it's just all changed and sure like to go out and do 100 shows seems like oh you know and it's tiring (laughs) it's away from the family all the rest of it but he just can't get over the connection with the audience now and he feeds off that and they feed off that and it's just it's it's like church almost it just feels so good and when he sings like he's singing better and playing better and it's all just better 
and you get that like connection not just with your audience but like with everyone right like do you not just feel that with everyone when you like meet someone you're like you connect with them and you're like oh my god I've never I, I never used to be able to do that just like to actually feel this like true authentic connection with people because there was always just like a jug of beer in the way and it's yeah. so lovely like when you make that connection with someone it's so authentic and beautiful and that's the thing that's so frustrating about alcohol because we go on about how it's like this it's a social thing and it's like it's literally like not good for your social life like if you want to have a real good authentic social life like get rid of alcohol I know it's like the antidote for connection. Really, hundred percent right. It's like the one thing that people like. Like I, I was out um on a date recently, and this guy was trying to uh, justify why uh, alcohol is really good for connection, and I was just like, it, it, no, it, it's not. And he was like, oh, but you know, people will tell you things uh, when they're drunk that they wouldn't tell you when they're sober. Um, you know, and I was like, yeah, that just seems like a sneaky way of like gaining information about people that doesn't make them a friend like I don't you know like now people will tell me things they'll bear their soul to me um and that's over a glass of tea um you know because we're sitting on my couch and we're learning about each other and like that is way better than like you know someone drunkenly spilling their guts like in the smoking section at 2 a.m like you know I I just I can't fathom how we (laughs) how we've tricked ourselves into thinking that you know alcohol forms these true connections because it just doesn't I know I know and do you know what every single person I don't think there has been a person on this podcast uh, or that I've spoken to that hasn't found that 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 the connection that they've got with people and sure there might be times where it could be a bit lonely particularly at the start when you go through that change or you might lose some friends but once you get through that and even if you make one friend or two friends you know the connection with those people is so much stronger oh I mean 100% like I was married at the time that I got sober um and that marriage dissipated I think largely because I got sober uh and I've met someone else and the, I've never had a connection like that before because it's mm. so authentic and I'm so, I'm so aware of who I am but then I get to you know meet someone and make this like true bond that I'm like oh wow okay this is what like real true love is I think before it just I, I've just been kidding myself really um you, you just have so much more time for what you really want out of life I think when you get when you get sober like you just mm. you know what you want and you just don't have the fluff around of all this nonsense that you you care about when when you're drinking I I, I don't know it's just yes we're more in touch with how you're actually feeling too so your relationships do strengthen they either go one way or the other really because yeah you either see it for what it is that Mm -hmm. it's not serving you and that you need to change it might be toxic or just isn't for you anymore or you realize hey we've got this amazing bond let's work on it even more I with my husband and I our relationship just strengthens so much you know from being on the edge of breaking up to like oh my god you know how could I ever imagine breaking up with this amazing human you know yeah that's amazing yeah it's been it's been a true gift so if um I ask this of everyone on the podcast if you could go back to 14 year old Bianca and sit with her and share a cup of tea Mm. with her what advice would you give her look I I struggle with that one because I think part of me wants to be like, just don't pick up the bottle at all, right? Like don't drink. I wouldn't tell her not to drink because I think going through, like maybe stop drinking as a bit sooner, you know, <laughs> maybe try and get sober a little bit sooner. Um, but yeah, I think I would just tell her, you know, you actually are sure of who you are. Like, you know, you you know who you are. You don't need to... Um, rely on outside sources you know focus on on within you um but you know eventually you'll you'll figure it out and you will be unstoppable so you know just rely on yourself baby girl that's what I would tell her yeah yeah that's beautiful and um if for those people that are sober curious out there what advice would you give them if they're considering yeah look I think with my advice is just try just try to don't don't be like you've got to be one foot in one foot out just try and think of like what's the biggest thing holding you back 
most people tend to say it's social situations, right? And I, and I get that. My thing is just try going out without alcohol. Just think about the fun that you can have um, without it. See that it's not so scary. Um, and also maybe just try doing mm. things with your friends that aren't around alcohol. Because bef- before I got sober, all, all I used to do with my friends was drink. That's all we would do. We'd catch up and we'd drink and we'd smoke and we'd just talk shit and that was it. And that actually became really quite boring after a while. Mm. My recommendation is find something else to do that just doesn't have alcohol involved because you will Mm. realise like that you can have fun. When we're kids, we have fun with anything. Like you have a, you find a stick in the backyard and you have fun for hours, right? But Mm. as an adult, we just lose that ability to just find the fun in everyday things we, we lose mm. the ability to just like be silly and have fun and you know you can actually do that you you can do that mm. um so do things that don't involve alcohol just lean more into it uh lean more into doing things that are less about alcohol and I guarantee you you'll you'll just it'll just click you'll just realize like oh shit this is way more fun than just sinking pints at the pub Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. Just if you're thinking about it, just try it for a weekend and see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. And and also you don't have to tell anyone. Like, honestly, mm. I think that was my biggest thing of like this fear creep because I just, my whole identity was drinking. So I thought, oh, who am I going to be without it? And so, yeah, just going to a party with, you know, non-alcoholic beers and not telling anyone just really gave me this ability to sort of like it was kind of like I had like the invisibility cloak on, right? Like I just looked the same, but like underneath I'm just learning like, oh my God, like I I can just have fun without alcohol and just get a feel for socializing without people staring at you and being like, you know, like judging every move that you're doing um, based on, on whether or not you're drinking. Um, yeah. No one has to know what you're doing if you don't want them to, right? Just, just give it a go. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Um, have you read Fiona O'Loughlin's book? No, I haven't. But I interviewed Fiona O'Loughlin on my podcast. And, oh, my God, she is just one of my favourite people. I just love her. She's, She's a classic, so isn't she? She is. What is the name of your podcast? Uh, it's called We Want to Be Better. We Want to um, Be Better. So we did an alcohol mini series in January last year. Um And yeah, that's why we got Fiona on. But yeah, we just sort of looked at all the different things about alcohol, like, you know, what it does to your health and how to be social, what it does to your sex life. That's another thing. Oh my God. Sober sex, way better than drunken sex. Okay. (laughs) Like if you're, if you're sober curious, let me just tell you, your sex life will improve tenfold if you just give up alcohol. Yeah. That's been Um, coming up a lot in the podcast. Massively. Right. I I have had the biggest sexual journey. I used to not have sex because I didn't, I needed alcohol to like be uninhibited, Mm. um, which is dumb because I would drink just to have sex. And then I couldn't have, I couldn't orgasm because, you know, I'm drunk. Too drunk. So like, I just hated sex. And now that I'm sober, I literally have just the best sex life. I'm in an open relationship. I just discovered I'm bisexual. I have like, I go to like sex parties, like my like sex life is popping off. And that is something that never would have happened if I was still drinking. Cause when I was drinking, I just didn't, I would go months without having sex and it would be fine. Cause I just couldn't even face the fact that I just didn't know what I was doing. So um, yeah, that's one thing, <laughs> but yeah, that's what the podcast was all about. Just looking at different ways that uh, people get affected by alcohol. And to be honest, we, we got so many DMs and so many people actually stopped drinking because of our mini series. It was really crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's wild to me, but the amount of people that messaged me just saying, I I'm this month sober, I'm this many months sober, I'm this many days sober. And you know, it was the podcast or thank you for sharing everything and blah, blah, blah. Cause it's what gave me the courage to do it. It just that makes me want to cry every time. Cause it's just, Yeah. 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 Like, you know what it's like when it's such a, drinking is such a dark lonely place I think and um yeah you just you feel so alone but I just I want people to know that like honestly all the negative feelings you have about alcohol everyone has them they're just not talking about them so like you're not alone you're not crazy everyone feels the same way yeah absolutely well Bianca Bianca yeah that's it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm fine with the last name, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 you're doing Trying great. Trying to say doing... Bianca. Far out, man. <laughs> no, you're doing amazing, Sadie. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story. As I said, I'll put all the information in the show notes or any shows you've got coming up. And also the link to your podcast series would be amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Share that as well. And yeah, awesome. Just great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.